Broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios, this is The Hango Show. I need to get inside your head. I got to know if you insane. I want to swim around your bloodstream. Hi. There she is. Sorry about that. It's okay. Life happens. And I just realized I left something upstairs, so now I'm walking up upstairs. <laughs> Go right ahead. I mean, breathing heavy, messing up everything. No, you're fine. It's fine. Ooh, I got my uh, instructions from my handler. Oh, be a good representation of the farm. Did you tell him to screw Don't off? Do this. Don't say that. Yeah, you can say whatever the hell you want to on my show. <laughs> unlike other shows in this network, this is not a dictatorship. Oh. This is an open forum where where, where oh. all ideas are welcome. He's he's starting to practice that on Fridays. Got no, he's really not. Call thing that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time that I get stalked, so you know. That's a sad thing. <laughs> I hit Tink up this week. I'm like, when am I going to get some more Tinker Explains episodes? She's like, I'm working on it. I'm like, well, it's been three months. Work faster. Okay, well, some of us aren't as dedicated as you are. <laughs> I just happen to have a job where I can sit there and and while I'm driving at night, let the let the gears turn in my head to come up with new ideas. That's true. Yeah. I don't have a job where you get to do that. My brain is entirely engaged <laughs> at all time. times. <laughs> it's it's one of those challenges, but it's good because it's you know every thirty minutes as a voice teacher, you get a new challenge in front of you, right? And then you don't see that challenge again for another week, and then it's back for thirty minutes, and you have to just take it head on right in the moment. It's always always interesting, but you know. What what is that like as a as a voice teacher? You know, seeing somebody who comes in with little to no experience, I'm guessing. Depending, yeah. Well, I, I know um, some kids mostly I, high schoolers right now. So, well, I figured some kids were kind of uh, groomed in their family to to be singers or musicians of some sort. There's a uh, family in the town I grew up in. And the entire family is mus- musically gifted in some form or fashion. They either play an instrument or, or instruments, or they are all great singers. There's no one in that family who doesn't have some kind of musical talent. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know if you saw a lot of kids, if most of your kids were like that, or if some came in totally raw wanting to learn. So I teach at a fine arts school. Mm. So the people that are there are there because they're a little bit more committed. Right. And I find that most people that are investing in voice lessons have some kind of background or understanding of the commitment. And if they don't, when they get into it or they're completely green, most of the time they don't continue forward. Um, Just because it really is an expensive investment. And most parents don't start there. Usually kids will, you know, start in choir somewhere or something. So by the time they get to me, they've either done a lot of musicals or a lot of choirs or they sing in church. So they're already. They got a background. Yeah. They already have a a base. They got a base laid pretty well for you to pick up on. For sure. You know, and, and for me, it's about 
fine tuning the instrument. You know, it's not like piano where every parent puts their kid in piano lessons, at least for a hot minute to see, Oh, is, you know, is Susie Q gifted? Like that's not really a thing. Um, and as a, as a voice teacher, I, I've been doing it for a while now. And so I have a lot of experience. I've seen a lot of kids and I've seen strong kids and not strong kids, you know? Um, but I think the thing that I've learned and experienced the most is that those that don't have a background of any kind are the ones that are just the weakest. I don't think that it really involves a gifting. I mean, there are those that have good tone and good quality to their voice after a certain point, and that can run in families. But most of the time, the musical giftedness actually stems from the environment that the child grows up in. Right. So let's say, for example, that, you know, your mom sings to you before you go to bed, right? If she never learned how to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star with the correct melody, you're going to learn Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star with the incorrect melody. Correct. And then you don't have the ability to fix it because no one's ever said to you, hey, that's wrong. But in my family, for example, like I grew up in a family where every time we sing happy birthday, somebody's there's four part harmony happening. And so I grew I'm not even kidding. I'm Y'all were that kidding. family. Like family Christmases, we would gather around the piano in my grandma's living room and the whole family would just sing Christmas carols in four part harmony with like books, practicing, sight reading. Like it was crazy. Um, but, you know, coming from that background, things that are easy for me that I take for granted are things that I'm having to teach kids all the time because they don't come from as strong of a background. And I really think that that's the biggest thing that affects how well a child does and how quickly they move. I, I don't really believe in someone being tone deaf. Um, I think really well, about 5% you haven't heard of me people sing are yet, tone ma'am. deaf. I'm sorry. You have not heard me sing. I want to change your but mind. <laughs> I have been called a miracle worker so many times. And it's simply because I don't give up on people that tell me that they're tone deaf. And I've been able to help because it's just training your ear. I happen to have started getting training for my ears when I was three years old because my parents would sing the correct melodies to me. And if I was singing with them, they would sing with me and make me match their pitch. Whereas other people don't have that background. And so they don't have as fine tuned of ears. And, but that's something that you can learn. And that's part of what I do. And me as a teacher is I really like to help kids that have been basically just written off as, Oh, they just can't do it. In reality, most of them, when I talk to them, it's because they've come from a background where no one ever told them that they were singing the wrong note. No one ever taught them how to sing happy birthday correctly. So they don't know how to match the pitches. And so then they look like they can't sing. You know, there was one lady, oh my gosh, she started taking lessons with me and she sang next to me in church one time. Um, like we were just in the audience and she was singing next to me and she was like, I know, I'm so sorry. I'm so terrible. And I turned and I looked at her and I was like, what do you mean you're terrible? And she was like, well, I just, you know, I never sing along with the mill. Like I can't match it. And I looked at her and I was like, that's because you're singing the harmony. (laughs) And she was like, what? I was like, you're singing the harmony. You just can't sing the melody. It's too high, but I can hear that you're singing the harmony. Like there's nothing wrong with your ears. Right. And she was like, 
what do you mean? And I was like, there's nothing wrong with your ears. She's like, I spent my whole life being told I was tone deaf. And I was like, yeah, because you were standing next to somebody that didn't know what they were talking about. (laughs) I was like, there's nothing wrong with you. And then she started taking voice lessons and, you know, just blossomed because she really did have a gift. In fact, her ears were better than other people's because she couldn't hit the high notes. So she found the note that was in the chord that was something else. Right. You know, well, I've always said that I've always said that I sing like an amputee. Because I can't hold a note, I can't carry a tune. Mm, well, yeah, that's what it is. We'll just have to see. You're not a lost cause until I've written you off. Okay, we'll just get your pen ready. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Hango okay. Show. This is your host Hango Wood, and tonight I've got uh, a long-awaited return guest. hadn't been on here in a year. Couldn't believe it's been that. Oh my long. gosh, really? Yeah, it's been over a year. I, th- I think you were on like last February, and it's March first now. Oh my gosh! I know time flies when you're having fun. Meredith Todd's here tonight. How you doing, Meredith? Hi. Hey. I'm um, doing good. Just <laughs> got home from work doing the voice teacher thing like we were just talking about. So fun, didn't fun, listen fun. to people talk all day. <laughs> listen to them sing in your ear. Uh, luckily, you want to hear that yep. tonight. Um, no, I, was, I wanted to get you back on here. A lot of things have changed in the last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just I guess it changes every year in everybody's life. Um but y'all started a, a whole little program there at your at your house. You got a little farm going. Do how, how are you enjoying uh, the the farm life? You know, when they say that if you get chickens, everything changes. <laughs> they're not wrong, um, but we kind of did it the opposite direction. I went crazy last year with gardening. And just kind of decided that I was just going to jump in and try and see what happened. Cause I'd never done it as an adult for myself, you know, and it went really well. And then, oh my gosh, I just don't even remember how it happened. Then we had quail. <laughs> they just showed up one day with, had, with, with suitcases. And then and I drawer. had more gardens. <laughs> and then, then I found like chickens that were being abandoned on Craigslist. And then, you know, two weeks after that, then, I had eggs that were in an incubator and then I had more chickens and it just, it spirals out of control, but in the best kind of a way, like you, I don't know, you know, everybody's freaking out right now with all the Russia and the blah, blah, blah. And we're not gonna be able to eat. And I was going through the store the other day and just texting my husband and was like, you know what? I know for a fact that in under a month, we will have food to eat in our house just because I've planted things. And like the craziest thing that happened this year was my spinach never died. It just kept putting out. (laughs) Yeah. And like I went out today and like I could have picked spinach off my spinach. No, we didn't have enough food to like survive the winter, you know, but I had spinach that I could just go pull from, you know, and then I had a couple other plants that I was looking at yesterday that have decided that they're going to turn green again. And I was like, Oh, I thought you would die, but thank you. Welcome back. You know? And so thanks for joining the party. Greenhouse up. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's just really great to kind of be in control of that and to not have to stress out like everyone else. Like I know that I have enough food in my house right now for the next month. And then after that, all of a sudden there's food going to be coming in from my yard and 
it's the best use of space I could think of. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and we've expanded this year. There's been a lot of cities who put ordinances in because people started planting gardens like in their front yard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these cities started coming in and said, you can't do that. You cannot be planting gardens in your front. It's Total it's, bullshit. It's my property. Bull. I can do whatever the hell I want to with it. Well, that's, you know, because we were talking about moving and been looking for a little bit. And, like, you have to be somewhere that there's no HOA or they'll turn you in. Yep. And then not be near somewhere that's crazy town. Like, yep, the, the the fact that a city thinks that they can say you can't have gardens in your yard is nonsense. The American lawn is the biggest waste of space Agreed. I've ever seen. There's no point in it. Well, you know where it came from, right? Um, probably them wanting to attack food sustainability and make us all dependent on the system. <laughs> let's let's not go down the rabbit hole quite I wouldn't yet. Say something like that. Uh, it, okay, it, it was Sorry. it was handed down like from the feudal ages uh, in Europe because the landlords and the kings uh, grew these opulent these, these huge green lawns to show I've got all this land yet I'm so rich I don't need to farm it. Well, they're monsters, and they've ruined <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, because that's the thing. People have lost a love for utility. Yeah. Everything has to be for decoration or whatever, which decoration is fine. I love, I'm planting tons of flowers this year. But they're also utility. They're going to bring pollinators to my garden. They're yeah. going to make my yard beautiful, which makes me happy, which makes me want to be outside, which means I'm taking more care of my garden, which is going to result in better yields, you know. It all has to balance out, and lawns are stupid. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I've if I could dig up every ounce of grass in my backyard, I would. I have I've threatened many times just to till my entire half acre of land at at the house in, in the city. Uh, our city passed a um, a lawn ordinance two years ago, I believe, where grass had to be kept cut at a certain height at all times. Ugh. Uh, which, which, you know, I let the mayor know what I thought, thought about that in so many words. Yeah. Um, cause they were threatening people with confiscation of their property if they didn't keep it cut. And I'm like, yes, so, so, so your so, own property. Yeah. The stuff that I'm already paying, I've already bought. Plus I'm paying usually taxes on. And now you're right. going to say, if I don't keep my grass cut to, no more than two inches, you're going to come in and start finding me, finding me, finding me, and then eventually come in and take over my property, take it from me. And then what? What happens if I don't go then? You're going to arrest? What if I don't want to get arrested? Are you going to shoot me? Okay. So once again, over grass, everything in the government is perpetrated on violence and, and, and taking over your property. Hey, 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 you just told me not to go down the rabbit hole and you just went down a completely other one. No, I'm just giving my stance on, on, <laughs> on volunteerism and libertarianism. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad I've seen people, uh, in, in like, uh, suburbs of bigger cities who've started tilling their yard and planting a garden right out, right in front of their house, not even a backyard garden, mm. front yard garden, side yard garden. And, uh, I like that, that, that people yep. are, are taking taking control of their property and doing what they want to with it. Like I said, it's just a waste of space. If you don't, yeah, I agree. Like, there's no reason to not use it, man. And our land is got so many Hills and just incredibly crazy, but I'm still finding ways to make it work and doing different things. And 
if you build it, they will come, yeah. hopefully. Um, <laughs> uh, what you said about your spinach never dying. I had read uh, a couple of years ago about uh, what would happen if the U.S. was attacked by like a, by like a nuclear missiles. Yeah. But like if the shit really hit the fan and it was mutually assured destruction. Uh, and one of the government. Probably just cockroaches and, and spinach that would last. It'll be cockroaches, <laughs> spinach, and Keith Richards. They'll be the last things living on this earth. <laughs> um, but one of the things that the government suggested in their, in their, like, I would read through like, the announcement that would be given, like the EAS, mm-hmm. you know, broadcast. And one of the, they had a whole section about the warning of nuclear winter. And one of the things it says is, one of the things they suggest is plant cabbage, turnips, radishes, and spinach because those things are more resilient in colder weather. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, who's going to know how to plant those things? Who in a city no is going to know? That's the right. key. <laughs> give this, they should give this advice before the bombs drop, not afterwards. Right. Yep. Well, and, and at that point, where are you going to get the seeds for that? Right. Like, if there's a nuclear attack, where are you going to go? You know, that's the thing. Like we have now have stores of seeds and it's funny because last year when I bought seeds and was looking at things, I had no idea like quantities or how much I would need or how much I would still have at the end of the year or anything like that, or how long the seed packet could last me, like how many seasons, you know? So you, you just don't have a concept of that before you start using them. And this year with planting my garden, I feel so much more confident and I'm like, okay, I have this many of these and this is going to last me. I could plant this for five years, not counting all the seeds that I'm going to get from the garden this year. Right. You know, it compounds itself. And if you take that first step of personal responsibility and just figuring it out, even if it's small, like we started so small last year. Now, by the end of the year, I had gone insane and planted three other gardens and it was fine. <laughs> but... You know, it's this a good year, we're doing almost quadruple what we did last year. Wow. Um, and I didn't even really have to buy anything to be able to do it because I had planned ahead and kept seeds from last year. And now I have trust kind of in the system, quote unquote, to know, okay, I have enough seeds right now that I can harvest from those seeds and just continue to feed my family from now on. As long as, you know, they don't get wet or mildewed yeah i will have what i need you know and it's really cool to just feel sustainable like that even though you know we don't have a big farm we don't have a dairy cow we don't have anything that is actually you know helpful in sustainability like that but heck yes we're gonna have vegetables to eat (laughs) yeah and eggs we will have eggs you got your protein you got your veggies you're all good it's true no what i was going to ask you about was edison had told me in a little private chat me and have um, that you started a, a sea starter business. I did a little bit. Yeah. So I, do you want to uh, explain what that is to the people out there listening? Well, first of all, it's another part of my sickness. Okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I have this problem where I can't do anything halfway. Right. right? And so it's don't half ass two things. Full ass one thing. Yes, exactly. And, you know, even if you don't know what's going on, pretend like you do and you'll figure it out along the way. That's my whole gardening mantra. Um, And I discovered last year that 
because I, I started my own plants last year rather than buying from the store for the majority of stuff. Um, and I discovered how much I just adore seeing seeds pop out of the dirt. Like there's nothing. And then the next day there's a green plant and it's just magic. Um, and it makes me happy. And so I was going to be doing that for myself this year. And then I had had a couple of people last year that I had given some of my extra starts to. And in doing that, I had people that were like, Oh, do you have any more? And I didn't, you know, and so it was just kind of a a thing that happened last year that made me think, Oh, maybe I should do that next year. And so I had planned on starting a few extra just to kind of do again and give away because I like seeing the people around me learn things and grow things and, you know, just affecting the people around me. But then um, I actually reached out to a few people and asked them, you know, would you be interested in looking at some um, of the seeds that I'm getting? Cause I'm, I've really invested in like heirloom seeds and things that are kind of difficult to, to find. Um, and if they, they would want to see those and have me start them for them. Cause most of the people I know buy from the store, you know, for their baby plants. And I had five or six people that were like, yeah, definitely send me a list and you know, how much is it'll cost and stuff. And so in starting the list, I realized, well, I would need, I want them to see the pictures and I don't want them to have to go Google it. So I'll just start putting the pictures in here with the names. And then I was like, oh, but then they're going to want to know how long this is. going." And then by the end of it, I had created a seed brochure of the, I saw it. the it's quite plants impressive. that I was starting. <laughs> And it's beautiful. It has an opening letter. It has pictures from our farm with some of the food that I've cooked with things that I am growing. You know, it just get things get out of hand. And I'm really passionate about things that I'm passionate about. <laughs> no, but at least you're giving your you're giving your potential clients, you know, proof that this isn't some fly by night thing you're doing. You sat down and you right. put together and a thing. brochure I, I of everything. To- Yeah. And everything that I do, I always want to present myself professionally, even if it's like, you know, just something small that I'm doing, but it did kind of get out of hand. I was planning on doing like one page and it ended up being 13. Well, it looks so good. It it was gorgeous. It does. It's so beautiful, isn't it? It's a great job. I love it so much. Um, And I, and I sold, I bought, let's see, I've already sold 25 plant starts. So that was nice. That paid for my dirt. (laughs) (laughs) There's some air horns for you. Great job. Thank you. (laughs) But that was the goal. I just wanted to, you know, make enough money to be able to get the dirt that I needed for my plants. Um, And I knew that that would mean planting a few extra and that was fine. Um, But it did. It paid for that. And then now I have a little greenhouse that I finished building today. Look at you. And I know it's going to be great. Addison helped me a lot with that one, which was nice. Well, so it's good to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Yeah. You if, know, if you must, <laughs> uh, if I must, no, <laughs> I see he's sitting here. Like I, I really enjoy mute. when the, when the, I enjoy when we get to work on projects together because oh, for sure. there's not a lot of things right now that we get to do together, especially with work or whatever, because of kids and things. And, you know, our dream is, to go toward the farm and, and all of that. And so anytime that we can spend together working on little projects that make it feel like we're doing that is time well spent for me. For sure. Yeah. We need to get y'all a nice, you know, five to 10 acres with a, with a freshwater source. (laughs) 
And, and <laughs> that's just, apparently a requirement. Well, it's, Who knew? <laughs> it's a great thing to do. I mean, even if it's just a well, that'll that'll do. Uh, or a, yeah. a spring would be best, but I mean, <clears throat> this is the spring you can get just constant irrigation. You know, you just run pipe yeah. and you you've got it in your garden. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so cool to see how much in a year. Uh, you hadn't really changed. I, I think I think you got a different outlook on things, or you looked at things from a different a different angle. Mm-hmm. What what started the whole gardening fascination to begin with? Um, is it j- just you so know, you'd be able to take care of you and yours? I think that was mostly it. You know, growing up, my dad had a garden, and it wasn't something that I ever really invested in very much. Um, but you know, there was a point during the COVID stuff that everybody was like freaking out and shelves are emptying and yada, yada. Um, and I'm, I'm not one to like freak out and like, if there's a snowstorm or something like go buy tons of food, right? Right. Like that's not there. We're always going to come out of that, you know, but then when that started happening and, and there was just random stuff that was like not there and that kind of thing, it started to really annoy me. And then there was a time later after things had kind of loosened up that I went to a store that I did. I don't normally go to with my sister and it very much like there was a ton of people and the store was a disaster. There was just stuff, you know, it was a grocery store. So there's food and it, it just, it felt panicky. And as I was shopping, I realized that I was basically having a panic attack, like personally, over the fact that I felt like I was back in that situation where I wasn't going to be able to have the food I needed for my family. And, you know, I got in the car and like was sitting there and was just like, why did I just buy so much food? I don't understand how that happened because I started like feeling like I was not going to be able to find food. And so I started buying extra food and (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I have to find something different. I have to make this, this different. And my dad mentioned in passing that he had these raised garden boxes. And I was like, huh. And he was like, you can have them if you want. And so I did. And we bought some dirt and I just started making it happen. You know, we, it was actually, I think right after we did our previous podcast, if we really did do the last one in February, because it was like our anniversary weekend and we didn't go out of town and Addison and I just spent the weekend building our first garden together and he spent the entire weekend tilling in 80 degree heat um, showing me how much he loved me and you know it just happened it was just one of those things that we were like you know what this aligns with our goals and what we want to be doing and we need to learn where we are so that we can be more prepared for when we get where we're going um which has kind of been the same process behind starting with the quail you know we've had so many quail die i can't even explain to you how many quail have died because we just have so many predators that live near us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one weak spot and everyone's dead. And it's happened over and over and over. And, you know, I get discouraged. And then we talk about it and it's like, okay, yes, it sucked. And we could have done better or this could have happened differently. Or even this had nothing to do with us. We could not have prepared for this. Um, but it's all a learning experience. And, you know, we want to be good stewards of what we're working toward, you know, and I figure if I can figure out how to keep quail alive, 
then I can figure out how to keep chickens alive. You well, know, yeah, they're a little bit the bigger, and then from the chickens, you go the next thing. You're raising two children. You kept them alive, so you're doing okay. A few quills should be that That's big true, but they, it feels like they have fewer predators because it's easy what? to lock them in the house. <laughs> 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 the predators come out at night, and they eat everything at night. Yeah. Um, hey, I, know, just, I just probably checked, eaten too. <laughs> I checked. Your episode last year released on March 14th, so we probably recorded about this time last year. Yeah. yeah, so it would have been right before we planted that first garden. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, we we just love this land, and it just really started speaking to us. And then it was it wasn't really a necessity because we knew we weren't going to grow enough to you know make a big dent. But it made a bigger dent than we thought, and then you know we expanded from there, and now it's just part of life. And I don't feel like it could be different. So, but, you know, picking up the garden and learning how to build that then helped me to be confident enough to start with the quail, which then I started, we expanded the quail, which meant I had to build a new home for the quail of which two of them resulted in multiple murders. Um, And so then I knew how to build a safer chicken coop for the new chickens because I had accidentally killed quail, you know, that's part of being a farmer. Everything's a learning process. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hang on a second. I'm trying to think what I was going to ask you. Um, oh, I just lost it. It floated away from my age-addled brain. Um, Happens to me all yeah, the time. Yeah, it was something about, oh, yeah, you said the lamb was speaking to you, so now you're hearing voices when you're out in the yard. Hey, have you met my tree? I've seen the you tree. know the tree that I'm talking about. <laughs> I've got one of my own back here in the backyard. I'm telling you, the trees they they have something. Addison's telling me to light my <laughs> tell me to light my uh, my brush pile on fire, and I'm like, not yet, not quite time yet, <laughs> not there yet. You see, a little bit bigger. But you know, even just last year, we're in the middle of gardening and everything's going great. And one day, I was just like, I need sunflowers, and so I planted a couple of sunflowers. And can I tell you, those stupid flowers made me so happy. I have never, like, every time I'd walk out the door, I'd be like, oh, look, I have my own sunflowers. I didn't even like sunflowers that much. I've seen sunflowers. Like, I was never one of those people that's obsessed with sunflowers. You know, those girls that just, like, have sunflower everything? Right. That was never me. But then I have sunflowers in my backyard, and it's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, they're they're pretty, and they taste good. They do, and now I'm going to have tons of them. Oh, yeah. I have literally 24 square feet of my garden is now going to be sunflowers. Good God. Yeah. Make pretty pictures during the summer, too. I know. Um, <laughs> and maybe I'm going to sell cut flowers. Who knows? I, I don't know if you're from. Who knows what the year is going to bring? <laughs> uh, do y'all have, a lot of, y'all have a lot of mosquitoes up there, do you not? Uh, Yeah. Depending on the time of the year, for sure. Well, I can give you a tip if you'd like some help on the reduction of that. Um, What's that? Plant lemongrass around areas you don't want them. Isn't lemongrass in the mint family, though? I'm not sure. It, it it smells like lemon when you when you crush it up. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's mint or not. I've, I'm not I'm not a horticulturist. Um, I'll have to look because I, I think that might be one of the ones that like because mint takes over wherever you put it. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I'm fine yeah. with it. It's it's like I'm going to get some this year to plant on the front of our house just to keep lemongrass, the, lemongrass, just to keep the mosquitoes at nice. bay. Nice. Because I, I'm, I have no allergies whatsoever, but when I get bit by mosquitoes, I swell up. 
Mm, like people mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, I got bit by a mosquito. I've got a little bump. No, I mean, I it turns into a whelp, like the size of a half. That's dollar. the way my daughter is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I had to get a Benadryl shot mm. once because I was so swelled up after oh my. after uh, went camping one night. I came home, mom's like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like what? Got bit by mosquitoes, and I was like all puffed up. She's like, "Let's go to the doctor." So she had to call the doctor at, on a Sunday morning, nonetheless. <laughs> get him out of church. Come give me a, a give give me a, a a Benadryl shot. So that was fun. Nice. So what else has been going on besides besides the gardening and and the the singing? You know that <laughs> that's been it. Not, I wouldn't say that's been it, but that is definitely like the overarching themes of my life. Like parent, gardening, teacher. That's kind of the gist of uh, my existence at the moment, which is fantastic because it lets me, I have my downtimes. I know what belongs where and it's just great. Um, But no, I've been doing a lot of building projects and Addison has to go on many a wood adventure for me because we pick up as much free wood and free pallets as we can possibly find. And there's always a new project that you can start when it's warm. The winter is the worst time for me because I'm stuck inside and right. I can't do anything. And then this winter was worse because I had surgery and all that stuff. But hey, do you, you know. want to discuss that at all? Uh, I mean, it was just kind of <laughs> an accident. <laughs> If you don't want to talk about it, it's not a big deal. I can always, I can always just cut no, the spot out. No, it's it's fine. Um, we just we went on vacation uh, over Thanksgiving with my family, <laughs> and then I spent the Thanksgiving in the hospital because I had a uh, oh I forgot what they call it. Hold on. Well, I think you lost it. Too. A teratoma. You're trying to think it. <laughs> a teratoma. <laughs> um and it was actually the second one that I've had I had one about 10 years ago now um before my son was born and then this one it started to get weird right before Thanksgiving and I went and got it checked out and they were like yeah you're gonna have to get it removed blah 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 and then on Thanksgiving it decided to like twist up and go crazy nice. and I thought that I was dying I knew I wasn't dying but it felt like I was dying I'm sure it did and let me tell you, the ambulance worker was the most annoying man I've ever met, probably because <laughs> I was dying. But I don't know if you've ever been in so much pain that like, have you ever had like, you've had, have you ever had your hair hurt? I had a kidney stone and that was pretty damn bad. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, well, they put me on a stretcher. First of all, we were in the middle of Tennessee on a mountain. With, you know, hospitals not being close to us because we decided to try to go to a remote area for a nice family getaway. I ruined that. Yay. Um, but they, the hospital was 30 minutes away from us. So even the ambulance, I think it was 20 minutes before the ambulance even got to us. And then they put me on a stretcher and drugged the stretcher across pea gravel. Oh, my God. All the way from the house to the ambulance. I would have rather have walked right? because if you're in dying from pain to where you're like puking and it's horrible to get bounced across pea gravel on a stretcher 
by people that claim to be there to help you, it's not a thing no. that you enjoy. Let me tell you. And then he, <laughs> I know that you do the whole blood traveling thing for, for your life. Right. <laughs> um, but they tried to stick me five times in the ambulance and blew my veins five times. Oh my God. I had art. My veins are really bad anyway. Um, but then when I'm on, in pain, it's that much worse. And I had already had two blown veins on Monday when I went to the hospital in the first place. So I had seven. I looked like I had been just had the crap beat out of me because he's trying to, you know, give me drugs. And finally he's like, yeah, I, I can't. And I was like, yeah, you can stop sticking me now. <laughs> and now that I'm black and blue, you can stop. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You can stop now. And he goes, well, I, I could put some in your nose. And I was like, that was an option. Why are we, why have we not done that yet? Like, he's like, well, I didn't really want to waterboard you cause you're already in pain. And I was like, nothing is worse than what I'm dealing with yeah. right now. Give me the drugs, man. Oh, crap. Holy crap. Yeah. And, and, you know, cause I've been puking like nonstop because I I'm in so much pain. Like I'm, and you know, he's trying to have dialogue with me and I'm like, stop, stop talking to me, please. You know, I was one of those patients that he, when he called the ambulance, called the hospital to like where we were to tell them how far away we were and stuff. He had never asked me how much pain I was in. And he told them I was a 12 out of 10. <laughs> Jesus. No questions never, needed. You know, they always ask you. They're like, on a scale of one to blow up. On this scale no, right he here, where are you at? Yeah, he did not even ask. He literally was just like, we're at a 12. And I was like, yeah, he gets it. Yeah, he figured it out. <laughs> I asked him at one point. I was like, have you ever been in so much pain that you wish you could pass out? And he was like, yeah, I'm actually really surprised you haven't passed out. And I was like, me too. Can we, what do I do? <laughs> Did he give you like a it crisp so high bad. five after saying that? Good job. Staying, staying conscious. Fantastic. Right. Like I, I wasn't trying. I didn't want to be conscious, but well, he, he was like, I don't know. It's just not going to work for you. I was like, fine. fine. <laughs> we're kind of in the same, yeah. kind of in the same spot that, that you were in all the time. Uh, we have an ambulance service here in town. But our nearest hospital's a good 25, 30 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I get that. That's part of, you know, living in a rural area that, you know, the police and the ambulance aren't, aren't always, like, right next door. You're going right. to, you may have to wait a minute. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just, it's just the way it is. Um, and I think it supports that whole self-sufficiency thing too yeah, like until it's a situation where you really need them yeah. you know uh that's what i was trying to explain to some friends of mine in canada um they they used to are you allowed to have friends in canada i am you're from actually. the south no that's okay you know we're, oh, okay. we're like we're All like right. we are like canada's mexico down here and i'm i'm damn near in, ah. in guatemala you know what i mean i'm way on down <laughs> um we were talking one night and as things usually do things things devolved into political discussions and you know these guys were you know 20 years younger than me they're in their early 20s and uh we got the the gun debate came up Mm -hmm. and and these guys you have the conversation not to have things didn't turn into an argument wasn't even really a debate it was just trying to make the other person see where you come from and Mm -hmm. uh i told him i said look my mother 
lives out in the county. And if something goes down at night, like at two in the morning, do you know how many sheriff's deputies are on duty? Two for the entire <laughs> county. Okay. And our, right. our county is, gosh, two or 300 square miles. Very big county, very, you know, sparsely populated. So if one of these guys are on the south end of the county and she has a problem on the north end of the county, what's she supposed to do? Tell, right. the, tell the guy yeah. no who's trying to break into the house? <laughs> no, she's going to get her shotgun. She's going to blast him in the face, you know, because both you these. You could also have. Go ahead. You could also just said, you know, that Trudeau guy that's wrecking your lives right now. <laughs> if you had guns, it might be different. You could take care of that. Um, you know, it, it's just a thought. You know, that's another angle to the argument. Yeah. But I was trying to, you know, be reasonable, <laughs> you know, and because and, both these guys are from Toronto. You know, they yeah. they don't know what it would it be like living like out like in, you know, Newfoundland or something where it is a lot more yeah. rural. Um, and I was like, don't have, well, we have guns here, but it's mostly in the rural areas, you know, for hunters, I'm like it ain't for fucking hunters. <laughs> These farmers <laughs> get people off their lands, but they're using them for it. Don't lie to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you, you learn when you grow up, not around a big population area. Uh, you don't really learn about self-reliance. It's what's, it's what you, what you are, what your family has. You have yeah. yourself and you have your neighbors. And outside of that, you know, you're, you're kind of on your own. Um, um, for me, I kind of grew up like halfway in that. Mm. It was the trajectory of my family was kind of moving away from farms and stuff like that, because I have farms all over the place in my history, as most people in the Midwest do. Um, you know, my, my grandparents owned a big farm in Texas. Like, you know, it was, um, it was part of my history, but then, you know, my parents and my, my parents' parents, they all just kind of like walked away from that and started moving toward, you know, city life, suburban life, that kind of thing. And my family kind of went back the opposite way and we ended up kind of in a rural area but not really like the town's still almost 10,000 people that we live in so that's like not tiny you know and we didn't live outside of it but there was a point in my life where like I lived in a double wide trailer in the woods yeah like you had your shotgun because your neighbor's dogs <laughs> might get loose and they would rip somebody apart yeah. you know at certain points <laughs> and so I don't know I feel like I'm just walking back toward where, you came where from. humanity should be. Yeah. yeah. You know, Possibly. cause we weren't, su we self-reliance was never something that I learned about. Like we had a garden for fun. My family is the most convenience loving family you'll ever meet. You can ask my husband. Um, like my parents had a garden and we never ate any of the food from the garden because we ate McDonald's all the time, mm. which makes no sense. Yeah. You know, and, and even now I look at things, I'm like, my parents have a garden. I'm like, but why do you have a garden? Like you don't eat any of it. Mm. Like that's, the food goes bad sitting on the counter. Oh, it's just, know. it's more waste, you yeah. know? And that's the thing I think that we're really trying to get away from is wasting 
you know, and having a garden and being aware of the fact that like, Hey, food could not be here in two weeks. I think has really changed a lot of things for us. And even now, like having the chickens, there is no waste. The chickens get it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's a closed loop. Well, it's, you know, people talk about how, you know, the South worship pork, you know, we, we've got a, a saying down here that when you kill a pig, only thing that gets away is the oink. When we, <laughs> when we slaughter a pig, everything gets used. And that's how you end yeah. up getting things like pig's feet and, and chitlins and all this other kind of stuff, you know, fried pork skins. Mm-hmm. When people, you know, they raise this hog to sustain them for you know, however many months, they're going to use every single bit of it. Yep. Not, not just the good, yep. not just the, the loin and the pork chops, the good stuff. They're going to, or the ham, they're going to use every bit they can from that hog. And that's something I think we've gotten away from uh, over, you know, over the, through the, the 1900s into the, into the 2000s, the idea of single use stuff and being thrown away. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm not standing on a high horse here. Um, just that we got the economy of disposability and a lot oh, of people, have, sure. people have gotten away from, from using everything. And I think sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. Even when you're like hyper aware of it, there's always that blind spot that you don't see. You know, I was doing something the other day and I was like, man, I use so many Ziploc baggies mm. for everything all the time. And if I would just, you know, invest in a bread box and like find something for that, like it would, I wouldn't have to use those. You know, the convenience is always just so nice though. Well, And that's the problem. Tink bought some um, reusable like sandwich bags because, you know, I pack my lunch yeah. for, for, for work and everything. And she's like, man, we're going through a lot of Ziploc bags. I'm just going to see if I can find some reusable ones and they're thicker. They still have like a zip top on them. And so, yeah. yeah, that's, and you just, you know, wash them out and turn them inside out and let them dry. Uh, it's so, I mean, we try to take our steps best we can. Uh, I don't know. We've, we've done really well, a lot on waste. I've, I've let it get like become part of my conscience. You know, do you mm-hmm. really need this? Or is this going to sit around until you finally throw it away? I'm like, yep, that's, Good, good looking out. <laughs> so I need you to, um, I need you to be my, my, my ambassador to the, um, to the women's chat room. Oh boy. And, here and we go. I, I want to have all y'all on here one night. Uh, you and Sarah and Sarah. <clears throat> and just have a, have a nice little round table. Cause I'm not afraid to talk to a woman. I'm not, I'm not, intimidated. I'm not intimidated by, well, I will woman. say good luck getting the witch doctor because no, she I've, is, I've been a in woman talks that is not around. I've been in talks. We, we've talked back and forth sometimes. I was like, I really want to oh, get okay. you. I really want to get you on here. Well, yeah. I'd like to do it. I'm like, well, let's get to it. Come on now. <laughs> so yeah. I have, I'm going to tell you, I have met her once ever. Like that's one that more time than I have. <laughs> Say that again. That's one more time than I have, so you're doing all right. Well, yeah, but you live far away. Yeah. She doesn't live far away from me, and I still have only met her once. <laughs> but that was the night that we went axe throwing, so that was a top-tier night. For sure. Yeah. You, you know. Anything else you want to yeah, talk no, about? Yeah, no, I'm totally down. They are 
quite a wonderful group of women. And I think that's part of what's been really great about this year is just finding birds of a feather. You know, they, they are very similar to me and their mindsets and the things that they're working toward. And we all kind of just have started supporting each other as we move forward and challenging each other and celebrating each other's little tiny victories. (laughs) There's so many random pictures that go into the group that are just like, here's this really cute, dumb thing that no one else on the planet cares about, but I made it all by myself. (laughs) I did this. And we're all like, yay. (laughs) It is so the annoying pictures that show up in like the group chat for give that some thought you guys get like 1% of them. We are constantly just sending pictures of gardens and baby plants and food and all the wonderful things that we're doing in our lives. Well, some would say that's 1% (laughs) too much, but you know, you would like it. I don't know about that. I think you would. And I I see, uh, I see our witch doctor. She, I follow her on Instagram. She's always posting pictures of all her plants and stuff. And I'm like, man, she has got it figured out. She posted pictures today of some sprouts coming up. And I was like, heck yeah. Look at her. Hitting it early. Yeah. We've been sharing them. She's got some. I've got some. The other Sarah's just kind of like, oh, I need to get on it. She's <laughs> not right now. We know, my grandfather always planted his his garden before Easter. And people were like, you're crazy doing it. You're crazy. And he always has had a huge garden. Oh, he never, never missed on his garden. Uh, there were many. Easter- you just have to plant the right things. That's what I've learned. Yeah. It's not about the timing. It's cool weather plants go in the cool weather, but people don't realize that. So somebody that tries to start their tomatoes in February, obviously that's not going to go well. Oh, he did, you know, but then people, no, he, he, oh. he planted his, he planted his like tomatoes in March, first part of March. Like, like if he was still alive, he'd nice. be planting them right now. There were many Easter mornings. I'd be going over to their house. And he'd be out there covering up the plants. They're supposed to be frost the next morning. Yep. Yep. But yeah, if you do that, hey, you'd be, you be on top to. of it. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Well, we haven't talked about you at all yet. Oh, I'm. Remember our last our last conversation was a deep dive into who Hango really is. It really wasn't. And all <laughs> it really was. It was misinformation. I remember. Your people remember. Everyone knows. That's why they wanted me to come back because I found the softer side of Hango. No, right? no, you really didn't. Uh, it was it was a ruse. It was all the cover. <laughs> And oh, damn, man. <laughs> no, I I've, I've had nothing. I've, I've been working. That's it. There's nothing special about me. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. This show is not un, right. un, unlike, give that some thought. This show is not about me. You know, I know. Give that some oh, thoughts. then why is it called the hango show? Cause I'm the one hosting it. Hmm. Is that all? I nice. could call it the asshole show. <laughs> I don't know. But Addison's not on this show. Well, so I really can't call it that. Anywho. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thanks for spending time with me tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah. And sorry I, I want to have was you running a little bit late. Oh, it's fine. I, I want to have you on more than once a year from now on, though. Okay. That's, I'll have to talk to my handler. But <laughs> right, thank you so much, Meredith. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Hango Show. Be sure to go by tripodbroadcasting.com to check out all the shows in the network. Also, be sure to go buy our sponsors like ebles.com, E-A-B-L-E-S, where you can save 15% on your next purchase with the promo code HANGO. Also, go buy mydelta8.com. Check out the Hango sh- at the Hango Show on all social medias. Meredith, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Hope you have a good evening. 
and we'll talk to all y'all. Love you too. Love you too. (laughs) I love all y'all there for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.